I'm Cody Schneider. This is the In The Pit Podcast. Today we're talking to my friend Curtis. He's going to talk to us about the companies that he's been building in the print-on-demand space. It's all software businesses. And he's going to share how generative AI is changing this space and how he's growing his companies through B2B influencer marketing. And this episode is brought to you by Swell AI. Swell AI is a content repurposing tool that helps marketing teams make content for all the channels that they're trying to do distribution through. Go to swellai.com to get started for free. All right, let's get started with today's show. Curtis, what's good, brother? How you doing? What's up, Cody? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me on. Dude, stoked to have you. You know so much about the like the print-on-demand space, and it's like, I, I can't, honestly, I'm just excited to download all that knowledge from you. <laughs> you've been building <laughs> software in the space for forever, too, which is sweet. So, yeah. Uh, can, you, can, can you talk to me a little bit about that? Like, so... I think for most people, they don't even know what P, like POD is or like that it's this massive, massive industry. Um, like I think Printify just raised like a ton of money is one of the kind of probably the biggest ones. But talk to me about that. Get me educated. Yeah. So print on demand, basically, it's a it's a very risk free business model is the way I like to put it. You create cool. passive income streams. And essentially what you do is you connect with vendors that will automate your order fulfillment. So printing and shipping of the products, whether it's T-shirts, mugs, stickers, there's literally hundreds, if not thousands of product types that you can choose from and automate the fulfillment for. So essentially you can go, you know, create these products, put them on Etsy, put them on Shopify, Amazon, different marketplaces and connect to your vendor that will automate the fulfillment. And you don't pay for anything until an order happens. So that's the key there. It's like why I say it's risk-free. Um, you pay for an order as soon as it comes in. So you make the profit on whatever you're charging based off what the costs are. And uh, it's a really fun model. It's, you know, create passive income streams. It's getting easier. And that market's growing really quickly as well. Totally, totally. So like, can you build brand in that space just to like understand it? Like, do, do people do that well? Or is it more like, you know, I'm looking for this specific mug and this random company has it and I buy from them? Or what does that look like? I think that's a great question. So you can definitely build a brand. Now you need a vendor that can support those type of you know, features like the inside label, high quality products, different types of print types. But a lot of people, what I see, especially on my side, are creating like one-off products. They're going up to Etsy, you know, they're hitting different niches. Uh, targeting all kinds of different niches or trends or events and just getting on these organic marketplaces and getting sales that way. But yeah, there's definitely people that are doing brands, especially through Shopify, running their own paid ads. They already have an existing brand, tapping into print on demand, offer more products to their. Oh, company. cool, cool. So it's almost like expanding their, like their product offering. Like I'm going to increase my amount of SKUs. Like I have trust within this specific product category and here's the, all these other things that I can start to offer as well. Something yeah. like that almost. Exactly. Super interesting. Awesome, man. Oh yeah. Well, how are you? I, I, it's been a minute since I've talked to you. So I, I t tell me everything. I know the company's going crazy. So yeah, things are going well. I'm busy, really busy. <laughs> yeah. Are you, are you all right? Are you sleeping? Uh, not really. <laughs> oh I try to, yeah. you know, I get to sleep here now. Curtis is in the pit, man. You're coming up yeah. on a year right now, right? Yeah. We're coming on, we're coming up on a year for, towards the end of this month since we officially launched my designs. Now we were okay, okay. it for nearly two years before that, but yeah, it's coming up on a year being officially launched. Amazing, man. Amazing. Uh, just for the audience, uh, talk to me, like what's the, my designs one liner. How does that, how does that fit in? So my designs enables you to create and sell print on demand products on Etsy, Shopify, Amazon's coming very soon in bulk. So we're in the business of saving uh, creators time. Basically, if you have, you know, 10, 20, 30, hundreds of designs that you're looking to turn into t-shirts, mugs, stickers, and various other product types, instead of doing the traditional route, which you go through and do that one by one, it takes a lot of time. You can just set them in our cloud, generate mockups in bulk, generate data in bulk using Fraser AI, train on best-selling Etsy data, for instance, and then go and publish these in bulk. And not only during that Crazy. publishing process, one of the other things I really like 
we have a concept called multi-product publishing. Okay. So if you want to add a t-shirt, sweatshirt, a hoodie, maybe a mug to the oh same list as for all yep. hundred listings of your publishing, you can do that. Yeah, 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 yeah. So you could like single design, multiple pro- dude. That's insane. That's yeah, crazy. and of course, you could just spin these company. companies up overnight. It is it, it, with with you guys. It's basically how I, I'm seeing it. Yeah, it's, it's evolved been, so much since we talked last. This is awesome, man. I'm yeah. so stoked. <laughs> One thing I'm really excited about. We've been working on this for almost five months now. It's our in, internal canvas editor. Okay. So all of the all the graphic design editors in the space are all of our competitors. They just suck. Yeah. Um. What we did is took it to the next level. It's a really high end graphic design editor, similar to Canva. Yep. Now, way more specific for print-on-demand. Cool, um, cool. Beta version's already pretty much ready. We have it released, but now we're incorporating into all the different processes in my designs. And the exciting thing is you're going to be able to you know, publish 100 personalized products in literally 10 minutes. That's insane. That's insane. When, it, when an order comes in, on the orders page of my designs, you pop it up, add the personalization, and hit approve. Are, are, so are people using... Sorry, I'm just going to go all the way down on this thing. But like, are people... I, I imagine... like they're using AI to generate these. They come into my designs, drop these in, and they're just like bulk publishing a thousand products to any of these, you know, e-com stores. Like, yeah, most people, cause one thing my designs does too, the other print on the man platforms do, doesn't do is we offer digital products. So you can okay. actually publish and sell digital products through us as well. Oh, um, interesting. A lot of people I see on my designs are, they're typically publishing between 20 to 48 listings at a time now there are okay. a couple of people that are doing up because we have a cap at 120 because there's rate limits with these marketplaces yeah, yeah, yeah of course um but yeah most people are doing between 20 48 at a time doing it in batches so again that nice. saves so much time doing it that way versus you know one by one by one um through all these different platforms but uh what was the question going back to that oh sorry yeah i was just curious on like how like the kind of the workflow yeah i mean i think there's this audience that they're like you know how do i create my <laughs> first income right like we have some like 20 year old listeners, right? Where they're like, you know, how do I get my first 10 grand a month so that I can go and, you know, basically live off that and then build my software or something like that. Kind of that, 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 that vision. Um, so talk to me about that. Like if you were, you know, start starting from zero right now, like what would that process look like? If you started from zero, I think one of the best things to do is to come in and offer personalized products on a marketplace like Etsy. Trying to think about the quickest way, you know, a big marketplace has a lot of organic traffic. They're known for personalized products, especially with print on demand. Be able to streamline that and automate the majority of that. And that's what we help you do at my design. So I think it's really just getting in on certain trends, like, you know, upcoming, we're going to miss the Halloween trend, but you got Thanksgiving, you got Christmas. So obviously totally. quarter four, you see anywhere from three to eight X increases in sales across that's the board. Insane. Yeah. I read somewhere. I'd love your thoughts on it, but I read, it, it was like 80 or it was like 60 to eight, depending on the industry, but like 60 to 80% of online sales are occurring in like November and December for like most of these shops, which is yeah, insane. I agree with that hundred <laughs> percent, which is wild too. I mean, cause when you look, I mean, like Etsy is an example, it's a public company. When you look at their revenues, it's like all in Q4 basically like their entire, like they're just existing the rest of the year. And then in Q4, it's like they make all of their money. <laughs> Yeah, I think a lot of companies in the e-com space make, you know, like you said, around 80% of their their revenue in yeah. the last three months of the year. Yeah. How, how is e-com right now? Like, I, I, I feel like there was this kind of, um, I don't know, like gold rush and building products that serve e-com like, cust- like, like business owners. Is that still kind of happening? Like, I, I mean, Clavio just went public. That was a huge one. Um, I, yeah, I, I, so I, I'm curious, like, is there still a ton of development or like, has, have most of the things been built or has AI kind of shaken this up or what, what does that look like right now? Like landscape wise? I think AI is shaking everything up. Um, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I know you're, you're deep in it. <laughs> yeah. It's, I mean, what we're building right now, what we're seeing like possibilities coming, I don't want to share too much, but there are some absolutely incredible 
things that AI is opening up across the board for e-com. I think it's going to completely change it and shift the way that people obviously buy and sell online. Yeah, yeah. In a massive way. Like, Are you thinking, <laughs> is it mainly like, um, like just the ability to like, I'm just thinking like product listing descriptions, there's probably way deeper stuff, but like all of these manual tasks that used to be <laughs> like a human would have to go in and do, is it, is it that type of things? Like kind of automating these things that previously that, you know, would just be a massive time suck, like a massive resource suck, or like what's the, or is it more on the like product generation side, like figuring those things out? So yeah, from the seller side, you know, creating a product listing. One yeah. thing we did at my designs with Fraser AI is like you can basically give it a keyword for all of your listings and generate that data, your titles and tags in bulk with descriptions coming soon. Amazing. Um, that's trained in open AI with actual real Etsy data from best selling products. And it's really good and it's getting way better. Yeah. Now on the on we and also my designs, we have Dream AI, which is based off stable diffusion, SDXL, and also Dolly 3 is coming to that as soon as that's released. So you can generate graphics, plug them into our editor, add text, font, et cetera, different effects, save Insane. them, sell them as a personalized Insane. product. And then we're automating that personalization side too. But then taking it a step further, you know, all the AI, AI is starting to take all these time consuming processes, especially when it comes to, you know, writing optimized listing data, creating high quality graphics to base your designs around. Um, it's just kind of taking all that work out and enabled everybody essentially yeah. to come in and start to actually have a level playing field for the first time ever, I think. Yeah. Now, do you think it's easier than it's ever been to kind of start these? Like I, yeah. I, just from the outside looking at, and, and just for context, like I, at, you know, at one point, this is what I was doing. Like, this is actually how I made my first company was like a, a POD company, right? Yeah. Um, and I'm just thinking about like <laughs> starting it then and starting it now. It's like two entirely different worlds. Like you could zero to one these companies in 30 days and, you know, and get them off the ground and paying your rent. It feels like <laughs> in a way that you could never before previously. But yeah, I think it's I think it's easier now than it's ever been. Now there's an issue with saturation, right? So yeah. it's about getting first to market and certain trends and whatnot, and they can make a lot of money quickly. Um, there's all kinds of, obviously, you have evergreen niches that do well. Now, yeah. especially if you have expertise in those particular niches, yeah. then you can take it to the next level. So people that already are familiar with this know what they're doing, they're always going to have an advantage. AI is just going to help them do things quicker. Um, and then taking like those concepts. It kind of feels right? like affiliate. Like it's funny. Like, a, you know, there's not like a real brand. You're selling this like product of a product. You know, it's it, there's more high touch i feel like um like less transactional but it, i don't know it, it's just kind of one of these spaces that i feel like is it, just the whole print on demand world i i like is this is this it feels like one of those this is probably one of those first businesses that people start right is that yeah. is that your kind of your target customer at my designs and like what you're you're building on the SaaS side we have a mix of you know people have been doing this for years yeah um because our platform caters to people that kind of have the experience already because now, gotcha. you know, they already gotcha. have lots yeah. of They're design like power users. They're trying to automate these workflows, yeah. et cetera. Just automate their entire workflow and do it all within yeah, one yeah. platform, manage their entire business from that platform. And there's also a good mix of new users that have never done this before. Yeah. So that's exciting to see. Nice. And I think a lot of that is coming from, you know, the mid journeys, dollies and stable diffusions. People find it saying, oh, you know, they're oh, starting to generate graphics and like, okay, how can I, you know, either turn this in a t-shirt and buy it or sell it as a yep. t-shirt. Um, I've seen a lot of that happening right now. Super interesting. So it's like almost, it's like, it's, it's almost, you know, I hate this word because everybody uses it, but like democratize access to graphic design skills <laughs> and like basically made it so that they can just like, if they can think it up or, you know, basically generate that. Man, I, if I was 20, this is where I would, <laughs> I'm like, I, I feel like there's two opportunities right now. Like if I was, you know, was young and trying to figure out like, how am I going to make my first 10 grand? There's, I'd either like make an agency, like a, clip agency that like goes and it clips podcasts for, for people you know 
like and like creates like viral clips that they can post on social. I would do like that, or I would go and I'd do something like this, right? Where it's like, you know, basically some print on demand thing where it, it, it's it's zero upfront cost. I think that's the thing that people don't realize with this too. Like you can get a mid journey subscription for whatever it is, 20 a month, like yeah. produce all the graphics that you can imagine and basically throw those up on, you know, a, a POD store and, and start making like passive income. So, which is crazy. Yeah, but, exactly. Yeah. How's that? How's the SaaS side going? So this is your second product you've built, right? Just a. Yeah. Started with Merch Titans, man, it's nice. been like seven years now. Nice. Nice. And Merch Titans, are they a a print on demand company or how, what, how do they fit into the ecosystem? So we started as a product and keyword research tool okay. uh, for Merch by Amazon. Okay. Interesting. And I quickly spun it off into another product called Merch Titans Automation, which basically allowed people to set up an Excel spreadsheet linking to their design files, their nice. titles, descriptions, and tags, and then automate those uploads to eight different marketplaces. So like your Redbubble, TeePublic, Teespring, uh, Zazzle, cool, cool. You know, Printful, uh, Merch by Amazon obviously being the main one. Yep. And, and that blew up. And then taking that same concept, because I started seeing this overlap happening at the time between Kindle Direct Publishing, there started to be a lot of people taking their designs and turning them into notebooks, dream diaries, <laughs> different things. So the inside of the book was the same interior file, you know, like a hundred pages of just certain lines oh of different God. props throughout. And then oh I just take God. the front cover and just do thousands of these. So I built Kindle Direct Publishing Automation. And I'm quite certain KDP, Kindle Direct Publishing, put uh, daily or weekly limitations in place because of that. Because that software absolutely blew up. Uh, we had people publishing 3,000, 4,000, 5,000 books a day. <laughs> so, like, what, what year was this? Oh my God, I didn't know this. Yeah, yeah. This, uh, that, that was one of our actually most successful products. It didn't take much work because it's very similar to Merch Titans Automation, but specifically yeah, yeah. for Kindle Drug Publishing. So, yeah, it became. You know, it was a good couple months there until Kindle started saying, like, what the hell is going on? And then they put rate limits on. <laughs> yeah, they had weekly rate limits they put in place, which they never had before. I, it wasn't just us. There's some what other year? Yeah, what year was we this? Doing. This was 2019, I think. Amazing. 20, Amazing. Maybe. Amazing. Yeah. So, so yeah. What, what, like, was it just, like, AI-generated content, or what, what were they publishing? Like, I, I'm mad, you said 3,000 books a week? There were some people that were doing, like, 30,000 books a month. Holy shit. Yeah. Holy shit. And then some people that do, you know, bursts of them, like three to 4,000 a day. But because we enabled parallelization and KDP had no limits. So you could open up, if you had a powerful enough computer, you could say, okay, I want to open up because you had control of this in our app. You know, 100 tabs and upload 100 books. But it's oh normally a 15 minute process. So you have that happening across 100 different Chrome tabs. Like it was, yeah, it's pretty nuts. That's insane. That's insane. So, so this, uh, talk to me about that world, like that, that business world of, um, like direct publishing on Amazon. Uh, so I know, I know a little bit about the merch, maybe we come back to that, but I'd love to learn about this, like the direct publishing world. And like, I mean, I've, I've, you know, I've read case studies and never actually seen real data of like these people, you know, doing millions a year, just selling these eBooks basically from through like, yeah. like Kindle direct. Could you talk about that? And like what you've seen, like from a company standpoint? Yeah. So the way we were doing it is we had a lot of people that had a lot of assets for their most of them were created for t-shirts and then they would make some modifications and turn them into book covers. And again, it's just a journal with that design on the front of it. Now you can see that's not very, that's not very appealing to Amazon, obviously, you know, long-term, but there were people making a lot of money off these journals, like, you know, listings with thousands of reviews over a couple of years, things like that. Cause they, they blew up, but in terms of the actual book publishing side, that's, that's not the way like Kindle put some limitations. Now there's different restrictions in place. It's not really as easy as it used to be. Um, but Would they just like find keywords like XYZ book 
key like keyword and then basically up you know build a piece of content and upload that <laughs> that direct publishing kindle file, like to, to to sell and you know make it a dollar or something like that or what well you know what what was the kind of uh like the really tactical pieces of it is what i'm curious about yes yeah, so they would have they'd find a long tail keyword and that was the book title and then have a certain design associated with it was relative to that and it was just a journal so you'd have the same interior for thousands of books so people buy it you know the, the inside is the same it's just a lined page oh my god you, you know so yeah that was the concept now you know people did people got really creative with it doing dream journals prayer journals all kinds of different diaries different prompts throughout and even different graphics throughout um and those are the books that obviously end up doing much better it's a much more personalized type of niche and book for the for the buyer but yeah that's kind of the overall flow of it this we that's crazy is Amazon merch still like viable? Like if you try to go in right now, like would you still be able to kind of like build something from zero to one or is it, is it, is it still, you know, I remember uh, the last time I touched it was probably in 2015, 2016. And it was just, it felt like the wild west. Like you just, you know, <laughs> overnight start getting sales, which was crazy. Is, is it, I imagine it's way more competitive now, but yeah, it's more competitive now, but still a fantastic uh, platform. If you can get in, they have a review process. So you have to get in. When you get in, you have to, there's a tier system as well. Okay. So you have to upload up to 10 designs. I think they only allow one or two a day. Yep. You have to get up to 10 plus cells. And there's every like week or two, they'll bump your tier up. So it just takes quite a bit of time to get to the level where you can put up enough volume, which but print on demand, it's a volume game for the most part. Totally. Um, but yeah, How many merch listings, um, like for, a, you know, it's six, say, say you wanted to, again, pay your rent. We'll say like three grand a month or something like that. Like how many, how many listings do you think you'd need? Um, like a thousand five hundred or what would that look like to kind of get to, get to that number so there's a key to Assu it. assuming assuming there's people searching for those keywords and you know all those yeah. things yeah that's where that's the key right there is you got to do good product research you yeah. got to optimize your listings and of course you're designed for that particular niche if you do a good job of that you don't need that many listings um but again if you do a good job and then you do volume two then you could get there off a thousand two thousand listings easily yeah, definitely. A do lot you more. have companies outside of the software companies? Like you're like you have your own print on demand stores as well that you're like doing all this. Are you are you mainly just focused on the software side now? I'm mostly on the software side, but obviously, like with my designs, I test Etsy. You know, I make yeah, over a thousand dollars profit a month off of very little work, mostly just testing stuff that we're building internally. And with the <laughs> personalization insane. stuff, I mean, I actually do a use case where I'm gonna see how fast I can get to hundred thousand dollars a month um, using my designs. With Insane. personalized product. So I've been waiting for us to get all these features in place. Yeah, I think I yeah. And then you're just going to do like a public, public. Oh my God. I Tell me when you do that, I will like share that with my entire yeah. audience because they would, like, they will no, I mean, eat that I up. Think we, I'm going to aim to do it within six months or less. Amazing. But, Amazing. But I think, I think definitely within a year, it'll be doable to get to over a hundred thousand dollars a month revenue. That's on insane. SE very quickly. Yeah. Uh, margins on these things. Like, what does that look like? Like 20%? Probably, it's probably lower if you're, if you're doing like those higher volumes. Um, I, I, I think the markup I used to do, I'm trying to remember, I'd buy a shirt for like, or I'd get it out the door for like nine. And I think I'd try to sell it for like right under, like right around 20 is what I'm guessing. But I, I don't know what it is still. Yeah. Etsy, a lot of shirts go from anywhere from 20 to $30. And, you know, printing and shipping through my designs, depending on the vendor you're selecting, will be about 13 13 to $14, depending. That's on for like about 3000 one, so more of a high-end shirt. Yep. You can, get, you can get ones down to about 13 to 12 in some cases, 11 uh, so yeah, profit. Most of my shirts, I make about nine dollars profit. Super um, interesting. After everything, yeah, it's kind of the price point that seems to work the best. No, that makes total sense. Um, okay, so on the distribution side, on the software side, 
uh how, how are you guys doing that is it like a lot of influencer stuff are you doing like cold outbound because i know that i mean you could probably find like all the shopify stores that <laughs> say, yeah. like sell right <laughs> and like have a i don't know with whatever integrations but uh you know and, and obviously i don't want to go too deep to give away kind of all the tactical stuff but just more like high level like what are you seeing work with this type of software so what's working the most is uh we do have affiliates so nice. influencers mostly on youtube we haven't oh, really cool. gotten into the TikTok side yet. I know that work and Instagram will as well. Yeah. But YouTube's been great having a couple of affiliates there that push product like content around the product. And they love the product. Absolutely love the product. So it's easy for them to go create content. And one thing about my designs is you could create unlimited content. There's so many different things you can do with it and so many possibilities. So it makes it easy for them. So that's been one of our keys. Oh, and nice. then, um, so the content, it's not like it's like they're doing the same video over and over again. It's yeah. like they can do like all these different. Yeah, that makes total sense. That's been the hardest part. We I've been trying to figure out with Swell, like how do we do um, like influencer focused content on like you know for content marketing, like really like showing content marketing workflows and here's how it fits into that. But it's just like figuring that out has been the hardest hardest thing, honestly. And also just the influencers to partner with on this process. Yeah. So, but anyway, you you guys are funded, right? Or yeah, we're a startup. Nice. We raise capital. Nice, nice, we nice. Family and friends round, and that's where we're at right now. Awesome, so we, amazing successful round everything was we hit the we raised the max amount and uh we'll probably be gearing up to do another round early next year nice cool 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 no, that makes total sense um so you i think what's really interesting about kind of the business journey side is you really like parlayed each of these companies i feel like into the next one yeah so it's like i built this thing it solved this problem i saw this new problem i built this thing it solved that problem it made new problems i you know i built and it just i i i feel like <laughs> like entrepreneurs that do that like that's like half of it right it's just like yeah getting out and like moving in any way <laughs> like you're gonna you're gonna see these things and you know once you just start doing business you see all these ways for you to make money and then it's just like you know turning into how do i pick the right thing to go pursue <laughs> but um do like do you focus on anything outside of the print on demand or like you just like you're we're, we're you know we're hyper focused on this whole niche and just like building products within that space. Yeah, it's all it's all print on demand. Yeah, yeah, totally. I used to juggle so many projects back before Merch Titans, and then yeah. even during some of those Merch Titans days, and I was like, just just you spread your focus way too thin. Totally, and you just move too slow in every area. So no, it's I figured out just focusing on one thing primarily just that makes all the difference. Putting all your time, energy, everything into that. Totally. And with my designs, though, I was so excited about the original idea. I had it for a year and finally started building MVP. Yeah. Of my, my current CTO. And, you know, within a year, it's like we had an acquisition offer. And we yeah. weren't even launched. It was a yeah. pretty big acquisition offer, too. Yeah. For no revenue, no customers. Totally. Uh, just showing them, showing them what we built and turned that down. And that's why we took the startup approach. But I feel so good about this company because it, it kind of encapsulates everything. It builds an all in one platform for people to really quickly start to create these passive income streams and manage it from anywhere in the world. Yeah. Yeah. And totally. Truly passive. Which is like a massive it's still work involved, but it's pretty yeah. hands off once you get it going. Totally. But I think you can sell that too, right? Like, yeah. like this is the way like you want to create passive income in the next 90 days. Like this is the vehicle to basically do that. Like for, and for a lot of people, like that's, you know, one of the biggest searches online is how do I make money online? Right. Yeah. yeah <laughs> it's, it's like that deal. keyword phrase is like one of the highest search volumes in the world. So if you can search, have any product that services them, <laughs> like you are, and you know, you're going to figure you're going to win. Right. So, yeah. but that's super interesting. Um, how so your team is all remote if i remember right how do you guys uh structure that like do you if, uh, force time zones that everybody has to work or what is it what does that look like we some some of the engineers so all of our engineers are remote uh some of them are more close to my time zone we'll stay up late 
and like a growth marketer we just hired, he'll stay, he's on my time zone because yep. I work directly with him a lot right now. Yep. Uh, but all the engineers are on their time zone. Cool. They up in the morning work and they'll stay late too, to, you know, get several hours in with me at the end of yep. the day. So some type of crossover that's happening yeah. during the day where it's like, we can have live comms if we need. Yeah. Yeah. Which happens every day. Yeah. No, that makes sense. And then more of those, like, we'll say softer roles that are more collaborative. Like that's where you're like, Hey, we need you, you know, these time zones to, to work yeah. to do that. How are you sourcing engineers on like, it was, were these people that you already had uh, relationships with or were you, you know, what, what did you, where did you go to kind of find these, these, this group that you're working with? So, so half the team, uh, I already had relationships with. Nice. And Philip, for instance, he's my CTO, phenomenal, incredibly talented engineer. Um, I've been working with him since he was 12, 13 years old. I was 16. And we were building World of Warcraft private servers together I back in it, early yeah. high school. I love it. That's where everybody started. <laughs> yeah. So we had so much fun doing that, man. That's what got me into that whole that whole side of things. I was so bored. My I think it was my freshman summer after high school. Uh, I was like, what am I going to do? And I was playing World of Warcraft at the time. I'm like, all right, I got to dig in. Like, I always heard about private servers. So I didn't know what the hell I was doing. I've always been pretty tech savvy. But within three days, I had a server up on my local computer. Computer was complete garbage, right? But I had a server up and I did a little bit of advertising, just posting these different forms and had 30, 40 people online within like an hour. Oh my and God. Obviously, my computer crashed and all that. Of so course, of course. Taking it a step further, I had to get a dedicated server. And eventually, that's why I ran into Philip. Um, oh, that's amazing. That's amazing. And, uh, I have a friend named Kobe who's literally like same origin story. He was like doing World of Warcraft, basically just like selling, you know, digital products through it, it like for physical money, like for fiat, like <laughs> with it. I, I, I've talked to so many like really just like people that are in startups that have have some origin story that's so similar. Where it's like, yeah, we were doing something with video games and it was like we were selling something through it. And then that just evolved into like, OK, now I'm going to sell real physical products to the world. <laughs> yeah, exactly. With with us, we got to point, you know, being at that age, I'm like, there's no way ever, anyone. This is like my mindset at the time. There's no way anybody would donate to a server for points on the website that they could buy in-game items with. And so we set up this donation system. We're like, all right, we'll try it. But in, in my mind, I'm like, there's no way anybody would do this. So we set this system up, got it polished, you know, within a couple of weeks, had it released. You could buy, you could donate, donate for points, basically credits. And then you use those credits to buy in-game items that show up in your mailbox. <laughs> kind of a pay to win situation. <laughs> it blew up, man. Insane. Had, Insane. So my, our max days, we had like seven, $800 coming in in donations. You're in, you know, high we're in high school. So it's like, it was pretty, yeah, that's pretty rich. exciting. So that, that kind of just set that, you know, first off. No, for sure. Never for sure. assume. Always that early tap. win is so important too. I yeah. don't know. Like looking back, like I, I, my first company, I was, I think I was 19 where I made, it was, it was kind of the same thing, right? Like we were doing you know, what, nothing even crazy. I think I did when it, when it was at its peak, it was doing like around 10 grand a month. And this is back in like 2014, 2015. And it was, I mean, you just get hooked, you know, like you're like, and then so typically something happens to like the environment changes and you lose it all. Like that, this yeah. is, I feel like they also a part of the origin story of like all, so many yeah, entrepreneurs. And then you're like, okay, how do I get this back? And then that's how you start to build <laughs> brand and you get like way deeper into the business side rather than just like some hacky money-making scheme. But <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what happened to us. That's amazing. What, what, what happened? So it's like, we hit the trend early for like, like when you look at world of Warcraft trending, yep. private service trending on Google, we hit it like the perfect timing. It was yep. trending upward. Tons of players just got to a point where it seems like that fell way off. 
Yep. And things just were, we'd like have much better servers, much better infrastructure, and just the player base wasn't there. No, that makes uh, sense. things just slowed way down. And obviously, you know, I was after four or five years and we got out of it. That was just a really good learning experience. So about everything that we do now to this day, basically. Totally. From database, networking, web development, programming, like totally. the whole thing. It just kind of gave us the foundations for all that. Totally. Um, I want to come back to this uh, B2B influencer marketing thing. When you, how are you part, or how are you structuring those relationships? Like, is it like, hey, we're going to, you know, it's a monthly sponsorship. We expect XYZ amount of videos per month. Um, you can make it about whatever content that's related to the product or like any error. What, what does that structure look like? Just to understand kind of your, your, your view on the best way to do it. So we have affiliates that came in and signed up. They love the product and they're just creating videos without being paid. Um, that's actually happened a lot. Now we did, there are some that absolutely just kill it. Which is insane. So obviously, so we work on deals with them and we yep. pay them for video too. But for the most part, most of them come in and just love the product and want to build content around yeah. it. So that's how they start. Now, are you, are you targeting affiliates? Like this is something I've been playing with lately is like targeting people that have an interest in affiliate marketing and then driving them to sign up for our affiliate program. Has, we, has Yeah. Sorry, I mean to cut you off. No, um, no, please. Really, the, the system you set us up with early on when we first started this, kind of outbound, oh, like reaching out to affiliates on YouTube, like that are in our niche. Amazing. Uh, that that works really well. So, have so, so just cold emailing them. And uh, dude, this is something people don't talk about. Like you can literally get all YouTubers' emails. Like they're public. You yeah. just scrape them. <laughs> like it's crazy. <laughs> pick yeah, and, and they pick email. These, and like you can go and like just cold outbound them. It's I've wanted to build a product for YouTubers for so long just because of that. But it's like, I can't figure out a thing that makes sense for them that like provides a ton of value besides like a tube buddy or some like, you know, like some analytics tool. But even then it's like, I, I don't know. Anyway, there's, there's something in there. If somebody figures it out, like there, there is an audience that like you can market to is just figuring out the product to sell to them. But <laughs> yeah, I think it's a phenomenal idea. And with AI too, you can do so many interesting things. I haven't jumped into this yet, but I read a, a story from a guy on Twitter I don't remember his name, but I thought it's so fascinating. So he's a he's a Shopify app developer. Okay. Builds build apps for existing Shopify businesses. Yep. Designed for certain use cases. So he just set up like these templates in Chat GPT and just took like three thousand emails a day to all these different Shopify shops. And it would create the idea in Chat GPT. He didn't ever even review anything. It would create the idea for the app for their store and how it could help them boost revenue and send out a cold email. And people would reach out. I think at one point he was getting 10 to 15 uh leads a day that we're converting to paying customers for him to develop apps for him so oh he's kind of give you my god oh it's my like, god he wasn't reviewing anything he just set up a good template based template yep. with the right instructions and uh that was pretty much it that's insane that's insane so basically he's like taking the web the homepage copy and then just like being like chat gpt what could i build them that would make them more money or like how could i improve this or what what did that look like like what do you Exactly. He would like analyze their website. It's exactly what they're in and have ChatGP do it. So he just do this at a mass scale, 3,000, 4,000 a day. Gotcha. Gotcha. And then it so would he was doing it manually. He just automated his process. Yep. Yeah. Makes total sense. He, he, uh, it would just do it all. Yeah. He didn't even review anything. It just analyzed the website. He had the instructions in place to basically like how to pitch it. And it just yeah. sent out a cold email. Do you know Haro? Uh, they're like, it's like help a reporter out. It's for a lot of people use it for like backlink building. Um, it it's basically like the journalists are looking for sources and you can like respond back to them as a source and they'll like include you in an article and then link back out to your, your company. Right. It's like how right. it's used a lot. Um, I just saw this demo where this guy basically like <laughs> chained together an email account and linked it up to Haro so that when the journalist like 
you know, basically like, yo, we're looking for sources on XYZ. They had like ChatGPT basically write a response email in this like perfect format that typically journalists are looking for. And he was just like, he put this thing on autopilot and it was just building links for his company, right? Which is like just <laughs> increasing his domain authority. Like that was his whole thing was like, oh, I'm just trying to like get our domain authority as high as possible so that I can rank for all these long tail keywords like related to my niche. But anyways, it, I, it feels like that, like all these things that we used to do manually, like, for, and, and we used to pay agencies for, right? Like, or, or a human would be doing this. Let's just like take those processes and like, how do I just inject, you know, the AI writer into that, that flow as much as possible. I, yeah. Anyway, but there's so many possibilities now it's ridiculous. And yeah. this, this is just, this is like at the point we're at now is the worst it's ever going to be Yeah. in terms of the te AI technology. And it's insane to see what happened over the last 12 months. Oh, it's crazy. I mean, I, I, I swear like, it feels like, you know, every week is like a year here. <laughs> like the things we know today, we didn't know like three days ago. Right. It's just yeah. constant. <laughs> I feel but, that every day. It's like, I used to be able to feel like I'm on top of tech and know what's going on everywhere. Yeah. Now it just feels impossible. Yeah. I just saw this demo is for, I think it was called chat dev or something like that. But you basically could make a group of agents that like work together. And it's like in its super infant stage, right? But one of the things they did was they made like a, a software engineering department. And so it was like a couple software engineers that were agents. It was like a designer. It was a product manager. Like they basically created a whole org. And then they're like, okay, we want to make this snake game, right? That like go, you know, like a functional snake game. And then they just like had the team like work on this. And the team went through product iterations where like, you know, it, it like went through Q and A and it like sent it back to like to, to, to the engineering team. And then they rebuilt it based off of the Q and A and like they did, it did all, you know, basically like what a traditional sprint would look like. And then they built, you know, it's a, this functional snake game. Like it's, it's small. Right. But I, I feel like there's these things, I don't know. I, I'm looking at it from the marketing perspective too. Like traditionally, like we'd hire this whole group of like team members that would handle all this, like social media management as an example, where it's like, I have, you know, people designing the creative. We like, we have people posting it. We're analyzing <laughs> Like all of those roles could be these <laughs> agents hypothetically in the future. And it's all hype right now, but it's like, you're starting to see these inklings where I'm like, oh my God, like are you are going to see startup founders plug into these companies? And it's like, yeah, your social media is running now. Like just give us raw materials and like <laughs> we get to work, right? <laughs> like exactly. it's crazy. So anyway. It always, it always makes me wonder, you know, I always think about the future, like with the advancements of this now fast, it's happening. What, what things are going to look at like in by five, six years? Yeah. Um, I think within my space, I'm always thinking about that. And I think it's not even that far away because we're building technology already to kind of do some of this, which I feel really exciting about. And we'll offer to our creators to basically throw up a front end. Yep. And have this experience for the the customer side where they can just run searches for whatever they want, almost generate in near real time. Oh my God. Very specific to what they're searching for. Even if the product doesn't exist. It'll just like invent the product for their yeah, whole invent the product, shit. create it, and they can buy it. Um, everything's Holy on that. from that point. And we also have, you know, like if you want to have, if you're a very niche store, you build your own templates or you train our AI models on your own data, your own designs, and then have it be more specific to that. Or certain templates like you see all over Etsy, like taking your dog portrait, turn it to watercolor oil painting, thing like that. We have a lot of those technologies already built at my designs. So that's going to actually tie into the yeah, personalization side in the near future when we get the rest of these updates out. But yeah, it's, it's, it's changing fast. That's insane. I've been seeing these, um, I, I'll call them like self-propagating blogs. Or basically yeah. like they write themselves and then based off the data, they like come back and they'll write new content, right? Or like, and it's just this, this like 
it's almost as, you know, the ones I've been seeing is like experiments of like, can a blog write itself, right? Like we don't know, <laughs> but it's looking like, <laughs> yes. But it, what's interesting much. is when you have, you give, you constrain it to source data. So it's like, you could say like, oh, like, it, you know, when it's writing from the general knowledge of the LLM, you're kind of getting this like commodity content. But when you niche it, like when you, when you give it constraints, like, hey, you can only write from our corpus of information. Like this is this like, you know, here's the sources you can pull from that we think are, are, are you know, trustworthy. Then it's like this whole other layer where it's, it, I, we just had a person reach out actually. Um, and they were like, Hey, I want to like, write, I want to write content based on my book. And we're like, Oh, that's like kind of an interesting idea. Like they have all this like ideas here. And then they just want to give like a target keyword phrase or like a title outline. And then based on that, like write a blog post from that book as the source material. And it be, I don't know, that, that just feels related. So I, I just wanted to throw yeah, that out there. Like, really kind of that's a really good idea. Yeah, Especially because you already have the content. You've already put all the work in. And then, totally. Yeah, you can spin that off into individual long tail keywords for blog posts and the whole thing. Totally. Totally. Great idea. Totally. Yeah, we're, we're starting to experiment with this with podcasts where they have like an entire back catalog. And then they can just like give like, hey, we're looking for an article about this. Like, here's the title. And like, you know, imagine like a little brief and then it goes and it mines the entire back catalog of your transcripts and it pulls out information from the conversations that you had and it can like link back to that sourcing. So anyways, just things that we're experimenting with where I'm like this, I mean, that that's where it gets super interesting where the AI then is like actually like what you're talking about where it's trained on their style of design. Yeah. Like it's that same idea. It's trained on the things that like that only they, you know, really have access to. I, I, I guess it's not them only though. Cause like, podcasts are public so it's like kind of this weird yeah. anyway we'll see what happens with it like who owns that like who has the rights to that etc but <laughs> anyway awesome man oh, i appreciate your time thank you for coming on um where can people find you if they want to reach out and uh uh you know just connect with you on twitter linkedin or what's best yeah you can go to twitter um and i'll get the link for that yeah, so yeah i'll include in the show notes so make it easy yeah, but find me on twitter i think that's the best place or just go to mydesigns.io cool and uh, we have a community built in there so very active, lots of people. Also, Discord community to go to go with it. I love it. I love it. Well, I appreciate it, man. Curtis, always awesome to chat with you. We'll talk to you soon, man. Likewise, Cody. Thanks for having me on. Appreciate it. Of course. Right, talk soon. That's it. Talk soon. Later.